It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back to the program. I'm Lee Lonsberry. This is Live Mike, episode 40 today on this program here on KSL News Radio. Grateful to you for listening. Grateful that you would take the time uh, to hear what I have to say. Uh, we do a lot of work each morning. Uh, producer Amy and I and the rest of the team here putting together uh, what we think is an important show. We've talked about a number of issues, including uh, a car accident I saw this morning. It kind of changed my perspective on things. I saw uh, distracted driving cause an accident, and it shook me pretty good. Uh, anyway, that's that. Right now, we're talking about polygamy. A friend of mine's on the phone, Senator Deidre Henderson. Senator, how are you? Good, Lee. How are you? Not too bad. Uh, let me ask you, you have a new piece of legislation that deals with polygamy, and it changes uh, the way the law views polygamy. Would you explain that for me? Well, I've been very concerned about uh, the human rights crisis that we have here in the state of Utah for, for quite a while. And the way that we deal with polygamy right now, actually since 1935, polygamy has been deemed a felony in the state of Utah. And immediately after uh, that law was, was passed in March of 1935, families started moving down to the um, Short Creek area, which is on the border of Arizona and Utah, now known as Hilldale in Colorado City, and uh, to, to escape Government uh, prosecution, essentially, and um, for 20 years, the government really vigorously enforced that law. There were raids. There were lot, uh, hundreds of children that were rounded up and taken away from their parents, lots of people imprisoned and targeted prosecutions as well. What that did was it just led to, it didn't stop polygamy at all. Um, it, polygamy continued to flourish, but what that did was it drove the practice underground and it created this situation where there's a lot of, uh, there's secrecy and where there's fear and, and, and it gave rise to kooks like Warren Jeffs who were able to weaponize Utah law and weaponize that fear that, very real fear that it created in order to keep his victims coerced and exploited and compliant and ultimately silenced. You so I've been very concerned about that situation and trying to figure out how to fix it, because what we've been doing for 85 years clearly has failed. You characterized it as a human rights problem here within our state's borders. When I think of human rights, I think of faraway countries, people far from here, situations very foreign and strange to, to, to my state. You assert, though, that here in Utah, the circumstance which has developed over these years has led to a human rights crisis here in Utah. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> so I've spent a lot of time. I've, I've been down to Hilldale in Colorado City. I've visited with dozens of families along the Wasatch Front as well. And it, what is very clear is that not only do we have a situation where there's a barrier for people to, to have justice, to be able to report crime, uh, because if they go to law enforcement, then they're then they have uh, they they can be you know their families can be split apart, torn apart because they're living a, a lifestyle that's considered to be a felon. So there's that barrier on top of all the other barriers that are already in place for victims of domestic violence and other crimes. Um, but but we have a barrier to education, a barrier to health care, a barrier to mental health treatment. 
um, economic issues where you've got people who are very, very afraid to uh, lose legal licenses like CPAs and other other uh, practitioners that are afraid of, of any misstep will make them lose their ability to, to support their families. There's just so much wrong with the way we have been looking at this problem for 85 years, and it's time that we reassess like we do with all our laws. We do this all the time. We take us as lawmakers, we take a step back, we look at laws, are they enforceable? Are they necessary? Are there unintended consequences? And we reevaluate those. And that's what I'm proposing that we absolutely must do in this situation. So your piece of legislation lessens the the statutory severity of the crime of bigamy and brings it more in line with the pretty much the the, the way the standard operating procedure of the attorney general's office and that you believe will uh, give voice to these folks who are facing some of the the the, the crimes and abuses that uh, exist and proliferate in these communities. Right. What I want to do is codify the longstanding written policy of the attorney general's office and other county prosecutors around the state. That is, we're not going to prosecute otherwise law-abiding polygamists. However, if you're engaging in other malfeasance, other serious crimes at the same time, then we will go after you. And, and so that's basically what I want to codify. Um, what, what my bill does is it takes regular, you know, bigamy down from a felony to an infraction. But then it stratifies out a few other degrees. So you've got if, if you're getting married under false pretenses or someone is coercing or threatening someone else to enter into a bigamous relationship, that can be classified as a third degree felony. And then there's a list of, of other things, you know, murder, abuse, um, you know, criminal non-support for child payments, you know, all of these things. There's a, a list of things. And if you engage in any of those and are charged with a felony, then you can also be charged with a second degree felony for bigamy. So what I'm trying to do is give some certainty because just having the attorney general say, hey, we're not going to prosecute you. Please come out of the shadows and live peaceful lives. That policy can change at any time if the law doesn't reflect that policy. And so I'm, I'm proposing that we give people the certainty to not be afraid that if their child gets sick and they go to the doctor, that they're going to have some kind of investigation and, and ha- because of their last name or because they're suspected of being a polygamist and, 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 and we're going to take down some of those barriers. Um, the wall that we've built around polygamy to try to keep people out is actually the wall that's keeping a lot of them trapped inside. And so I, I'm proposing we rip down that wall as best we can, let in some light, and hopefully over time there will be social integration, there will be education, and, and over time people will understand the opportunities that they have available to them and, and not be forced into, into polygamous marriages. I think it'll solve a whole, whole host of problems, but it's taken us a really long time to get where we are. It's going to take a really long time to get out of it, but I don't think we can get out of it without first giving some certainty there. Let me ask you this, uh, and thank you for this explanation. It's, it's given me a much better understanding of your legislation here. Why not take the full step and, and I'm just asking hypothetically, why not, uh, instead of reducing it down to infraction, the uh, practice of bigamy, why not do away with the criminality? Um, well, I have to be able to pass legislation. <laughs> <laughs> I have to be able to get, not just me, I have 15 senators, 38 
representatives and, and the governor has to sign off on this. So, so I'm trying to do what I think I can do. Um, actually, the prosecutors, the statewide association of prosecutors voted in favor of supporting my bill on Friday. They would like me to do that. They, they would prefer that I do that, that, that we just define bigamy and don't legalize it, but just define it and, and, and get rid of that criminal penalty and then keep the other penalties in place for, um, the bad actors. And, and that would be the best way to go. But, you know, I, I do have to be realistic. If sure. I get something like that through, I, I don't know if I could or not. 100%. Senator, I'm grateful to you for your time. Thanks for talking to me. Thank you. Bye-bye. Senator Deidre Henderson there has a new piece of legislation making its way through the state legislature right, legislature right now, which would reduce the crime of bigamy down to an infraction. That's akin to uh, jaywalking. Uh, anyway, that's absolutely fascinating. What do you think? 57500 is the Utah Community Credit Union text line. I'd love to hear what you have to say on this. Uh, is she taking a step in the right direction uh, or not? I'd love to hear what you have to say. Next up on the program, we're going to talk to Representative Tim Quinn. He has a piece of legislation which is dealing with one of the issues of that big tax reform measure that was voted for, passed, then repealed, and there was a referendum. Anyway, there are remnants of that effort that some legislators are picking up now and trying to work through the legislative session. That's next up here on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.